This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, February 27th. S&P futures are trading down 18 points. That is about 60 basis points. They're at 30.90 at the moment, approximately. Um, that is well off the overnight low. So the overnight low was 30.60. So they bounced about 30 points off that. Um, at that low at 30.60, that's about 10% on the futures peak to trough off the last few days. Um, so you kind of hit that 10% mark. Europe is trading off about 1.7%. Asia had a lot of pockets of green. So mainland China and Hong Kong ended higher. Those markets continue to perform well relative to Europe and the US over the last few days. Um, the rest of the markets in Asia finished in the red. So, you know, coronavirus obviously is still very much front and center. Um, you know, I will add that markets are moving still much more than you're actually seeing kind of underlying news change. So the big news in the last 12 to 18 hours was the reports that an individual in Northern California has contracted coronavirus um, despite not having traveled to any of the outbreak zones and despite not having any known contact with an existing patient. So this is possibly the first instance of quote unquote community spread of the coronavirus in the U.S. and just is raising fears that there you know, could be a broader outbreak uh, domestically. Um, you know, I still kind of insist that people need to put all these numbers into context. Um, China is still accounting for by far the lion's share of all cases, 97 plus percent of them. Um, and you're continuing to see trends in that country move in the right direction. So, um, you know, China is still reporting new cases, but the majority of them remain in the Hubei province, which had been the epicenter of the outbreak. Um, the case count outside of the Ube province uh, remains very low, the incremental case count. And you're continuing to hear reports of various regions and various um, you know, companies and industries start to resume production. I think that resumption is occurring at a slower pace than most companies assumed just a few weeks ago. But you are seeing China, which had you know, obviously been the epicenter of everything, um, it, I think is healing at the margin. And that's, that should be something that's encouraging. Um, you know, you're continuing to see an increasing volume of companies issue profit warnings based on the coronavirus. So Microsoft was a big one last night. Um, you had bookings.com also reported their calendar Q4 earnings and issued pretty bleak guidance for the March quarter. Anheuser-Busch, Standard Chartered, there's a whole list of companies. Um, and I think that's really the big debate right now is what is the effect of the coronavirus on earnings and will that effect stay contained in calendar Q1? And I think you know, there's really no answer to those questions right now. And I think investors are just being forced to make a lot of assumptions. So what was the pre-coronavirus EPS consensus for calendar 20? Um, I think the, you know, and again, it's, this is a very much a moving target, but it had been around 175. Um, what will be the, you know, the effect of the coronavirus on that number? I think that 170 can still be thought of as a stressed figure. And that assumes some pretty draconian assumptions on the ultimate effect um, and, in, and it assumes a large hole in, in calendar Q1, um, but it also implies that you're going to see the bulk of the headwinds abate by calendar Q2. You're not going to see them completely lift, um, but you will you will see things improve by the end of this quarter, calendar Q1. Um, 
I will note that Goldman is out with a note today talking about some earnings assumptions, and they are putting their 2020 down at 165. Um, you know, just to show you how much um, how much you know variety there are in, in these underlying assumptions because there's just so much unknown at the moment. Um, you know, as for Microsoft specifically, I think that the you know the details of it were actually positive. They just said that because the manufacturing base in China is coming online at a slower pace than expected, it's impacting PC supply. But the underlying demand for Windows-based machines was still solid, it's still in line, and the rest of their guidance metrics for outside the PC business all were unchanged. Um, you know, so again, I think it's more an issue of just production manufacturing in China versus um, you know a global slump in underlying demand. Um, you know, I know there some people may not see much distinction in that, um, but I think at the moment the narrative around the coronavirus seems more negative to me than I think underlying trends. And I, and I, it's, it's very notable that the S and P peaked on the same day that the China case count numbers peaked nearly, nearly to the day. Um, so the market essentially kind of ignored these, these 78,000 plus cases out of China and then collapsed when you saw some instances occur in other countries. Um, and so it just seems that, you know, again, the narrative had, may have been too too optimistic at that point, and it's become too gloomy now. Um, I still don't think that we deserve to bounce materially, but I also think that 3,100 should hold. Um, and I appreciate that the futures are kind of right there this morning. Um, you know, I'd, I had been complaining about valuations towards the end of last year and most of, of January and early February. And I continue to think that those valuations were undeserved. But I also do think now that we're at a point where um, you have some valuation support. I think Microsoft and Booking today will be two stocks to watch very closely. If both of them can rally off their lows, I think that would suggest that investors are somewhat comfortable with the bulk of the fallout staying confined to calendar Q1. Um, and just running through some other items. So, I've, like I said, the bulk is is coronavirus related. There's a lot of news, a lot of headlines. I have it all. I have it all documented in today's Vital Dawn. Um, other than that, there's really not a lot of macro news. The Bank of Korea surprised markets by leaving rates unchanged. The market was looking for a cut, um, but other than that, there is really no other major central bank news or economic data. Although I will say that Kevin Warsh, who had been a Fed official. Um, and is thought to be possibly potentially one of the individuals who could become chairman if Trump were to win a second term. Um, he has an editorial in the journal talking about how the Fed should be acting right now. They should be cutting 25 basis points. They should be coordinating with all the other major central banks globally um, about how you know this is a major economic threat and the Fed should be acting. Um, I you know it's it's an interesting editorial. I think it's kind of more um, him auditioning possibly for for a job at the Fed. Um, in a second Trump term, but you know, I think that's going to get some attention today. Um, so, like I said, that's that's the bulk of it. There on the earnings front, there you know there were a lot of earnings out of the U.S. last night. Uh, in addition to the Microsoft warning, there were a bunch out of Europe this morning. WPP is is the big standout in Europe that stocks getting pummeled. It's not so much a coronavirus story. This they missed Q4 organic revenues and they got a 2020 um, uh, below the street. Mostly, I think, just for company-specific issues. Not again. It's not. They're not really blaming coronavirus. Um, in the U.S. for today on the calendar, you don't have a lot. Although you are going to get some more April and earnings out after the close. So you're going to hear from Dell, which will be interesting, just given obviously the Microsoft announcement. Um, you're going to hear from Workday. You're going to hear from VMware. So some more April and companies um, tonight after the close. Nothing all that incremental or interesting out this before the open. Um, and that is essentially it for today. 
I think just quickly looking into next week, um, you know, next week is going to be one of the most important weeks, I think, for a while. Uh, we will most likely know who the Democratic nominee will be after Super Tuesday, the Super Tuesday state. So by Wednesday morning, um, we should have a very good sense of which delegate, I'm sorry, which candidate has an insurmountable lead in the delegates. Um, that person is still most likely to be Bernie, although South Carolina will be very interesting on Saturday where it's still, it, it seems that Biden will be able to win that state. The polls still have him in the lead. Um, he picked up a high profile endorsement yesterday. There was actually one poll out yesterday morning that had Sanders down in third place um, with Biden in first place. So it'll be interesting to see kind of how South Carolina unfolds, but Biden is still performing poorly in many of the key Super Tuesday states. Um, so, you know, just quickly running through next week, by Wednesday morning, I, we should know who the Democratic nominee is. You're going to have a lot of analyst meetings next week, as well as a lot of sell-side conferences. You're going to have a ton of opportunities for management teams to give updates to investors, either formally or informally, about how coronavirus is impacting their business. Um, I suspect you're, you're going to see more. You're going to see more profit warnings, and you're seeing the warnings are not very specific. So all Microsoft said was they would miss their prior PC guidance, and that's similar to what Apple said a few weeks ago, where they just you know they said they would miss, but they didn't provide a new range, a new financial range. Um, so I suspect you're going to see more such announcements from companies next week. Again, there's a lot of opportunities for them to speak. You're going to have the U.S. jobs report on Friday, March 6. But I actually think the non-manufacturing ISM on Wednesday, March 4th, is probably the most important economic number of the week, given that dreadful flash services PMI that we got out last week. Um, I think that makes the non-manufacturing services PMI, I'm sorry, non-manufacturing services ISM, uh, the most critical number next week, and that's Wednesday morning at 10. And then you have OPEC next week as well. So you have a variety of different OPEC meetings. The main OPEC core meeting is on Thursday, and then you have the OPEC plus countries meeting on Friday that includes Russia. Um, they'll probably extend the existing cuts. It remains to be seen whether or not they will actually deepen the production cuts, given that Russia still seems opposed to such a move. So I think OPEC core, including and especially Saudi Arabia, is prepared to lower production further, but it doesn't seem like Russia will endorse such a move. Um, so I think at this time, the most likely outcome will be an extension of the existing cuts rather than a deepening of them. Um, so that's into next week. I and I have all that laid out. Um, I have all the specifics in the vital dawn today. And that is it for this morning. Uh, thank you everyone for listening.